The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider explores the fast-changing world of affiliate marketing from the perspective of one of its most recognized experts. Host Linda Woods leads this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through her own experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. It's time to get inside with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Here is your host... I want to welcome everyone to another edition of Affiliate Marketing Insider. Uh, I'm your host, Wade Sisson, standing in for Linda Woods. Uh, this week we're having a panel discussion about a very hot topic in the industry right now. Uh, we want to update everyone on the latest on the affiliate taxation front. We've had a lot of developments in the last two days. In fact, everything we had planned to talk about yesterday on this show has changed. This is a very fluid situation. I understand it's even changed overnight. Joining me today is Rebecca Madigan, founder of the Performance Marketing Alliance, which has been monitoring these events closely and working on behalf of the industry. And Matt Enders, founder and CEO of MGECom.inc, who has been leading the fight in North Carolina, one of the states where such legislation is being considered. Welcome to the show, Rebecca and Matt. Thank you. And Rebecca, I'd like to start with you because I understand we've had some changes overnight. Why don't we start by updating everyone as to the latest as where we stand with affiliate taxation in the states now considering such legislation? You bet. We uh, uh, expected the fight to be pretty heavy in California. Um, We actually thought we probably lost Hawaii. Um, but yesterday afternoon, in a, in a great surprise, Governor Schwarzenegger of wrestling and uh, movie fame <laughs> um, <laughs> put out a press release in support of our efforts, which was quite a surprise that he would actually put out a press release. And as we understand it, what happened is that our, our grassroots effort in California has been really substantial. We've, we've spent a lot of time in the Capitol walking door-to-door, a lot of affiliates, and a lot of people in the industry um, speaking to legislators. And we even had a meeting in the governor's office with his tax advisor uh, last week. And she's been very supportive. So when he heard that Overstock was terminating its affiliate programs in California, he couldn't believe it because he was aware of the issue. So they, uh, as I understand it, they contacted Overstock, had a meeting with them, and the governor committed to not letting this uh, this tax legislation go through, and he put out a press release. So we were just thrilled. Um, it is not, you know, it has not been um, uh, killed in the legislature yet. But I think um, the, the governor has veto power in California, so I think it's a, it's a pretty good uh, assumption that it's not going to pass in California. And then. If that wasn't enough, uh, late last <laughs> night uh, I got a notification that the governor of Hawaii did the same thing. Governor Lingle, she put out a press release saying this was an unfair piece of legislation and she was going to veto it. 
the only difference in Hawaii is that um, uh, the the legislature can can override any of her vetoes, but the fact that she put out a press release and an analysis makes it politically really challenging for them to override that veto. So we expect Hawaii to uh, to fall by the wayside too that legislation. Which is fantastic. And to me, the Hawaii governor's press release wasn't as surprising because we'd had indications from her that she was not going to support this. But Governor Schwarzenegger's action was fairly shocking. And I think the thing that we're all celebrating today is, didn't we all kind of look to California as the bellwether of what would happen in the rest of the country? Yeah, we were. We wanted to use it as an example. And we thought we killed it in committee. It never made it to the legislature to vote on and then about two weeks ago it was revived with a number of other bills and it's really out of desperation that all of these states are facing budget crises and they're looking everywhere for any money and you know as we all know in the industry um, this was this legislation would not bring not only would it not bring the states any additional tax revenue but it would put affiliate businesses out of business in the process and and i think that message has finally gotten through I, I think it has, too, and I think it's great that California, of all states, where, I mean, everybody knows what trouble California's in, for them to understand that is a pretty big deal. Yes. I agree. So, Matt? So, in Rhode Island, Rhode Island is a done deal, but uh, that mm-hmm. Rhode Island did pass this nexus tax and put it into effect immediately. But what's interesting um, is on Tuesday, the state's treasurer, Frank Caprio, was on Fox News on a show called Bulls and Bears, and he basically came out against the tax. He said it was a stupid idea. He came on the show specifically to talk about this tax, and he said it was a stupid idea. It's going to be bad for the state. It's going to put small affiliate businesses out of business. And the commentator said, you mean someone who has a website and earns a living by placing an ad on their website, now they can't do that anymore? And they said, this is just silly, this is ridiculous, that that should, should cause a, a tax, that should levy a tax. So uh, even though there's, you know, we can't really do anything in Rhode Island now, I think it was a great testament that uh, they, they understand the issue and, and the ridiculous nature of these laws. Right. I want to come back to Rhode Island a little later in the program because we are getting calls from people who want to know what they need to do to protect their business or their affiliate business now that that has passed. But I'd like to take a moment to go to Matt and get an update on North Carolina. I understand North Carolina is still in talks about this legislation and could talk about it as soon as July 15th. Matt, how are things going in North Carolina? North Carolina has been a long, hard, all of a sudden, out of nowhere fight for us. Um, you know, it had been taken off the docket for quite some time, and then all of a sudden last week appeared uh, in full force again. Um, so what we've done kind of since that appeared, uh, you know, when Amazon sent the, the termination, termination warning to North Carolina affiliates, uh, we then started working strategy and meeting with legislatures. Uh, we took a group of about 10 people or so down to the General Assembly in Raleigh and met with 30 or 35 legislators, all who were members of the Finance Committee, uh, just trying to share our point of view and make them understand where things were coming from. Um, I feel like we've been making some headway. I don't know if we've made enough headway yet to say that there's a good chance the bill will be shot down, but uh, we're also not done fighting. Um, 
the sure. the click-through tax is part of the overall state budget, which was supposed to be signed and in effect for July 1st. Um, that didn't happen, uh, but they did file an extension bill. Uh, Governor Purdue signed that, which gives them to until July 15th now to come to a complete resolution. So we're kind of in the final uh, stages of the fight here. You know, it's kind of our last chance to make sure that it gets removed, and uh, we're doing everything we possibly can. Um, we've been calling on affiliates to provide a lot of personal data about how the laws are going to affect their businesses negatively, and uh, quite honestly, we've been kind of following the lead of what's been going on in California because you guys started dealing with it um, sooner, and you've uh, come up with some strategies that have already been very effective. So rather than reinvent the wheel, we um, thought we'd do everything we could that's been proven to work uh, in other states in our state. Uh, one of the big negative things that happened in North Carolina is Amazon and a bunch of other mer- merchants have moved preemptively in fear of the law and already terminated a bunch of North Carolina affiliates. So we're... Uh, fighting that battle as well. Um, right. It's a really horrible move for the individual affiliates, but it also gives us real-time valuable data and information we can share about uh, individual businesses that have been effectively shut down now, and that's what we're doing. Uh, next week, we're going to be back at the legislature delivering or hand-delivering piles and piles of uh, examples and stories from affiliates who have lost income. That's great, Matt, and thanks for everything you're doing. A lot of our listeners are affiliates who are probably out there wondering what they can do to get involved to help protect their industry. This is for both Matt and and Rebecca. What can they do right now to help in this fight? Well, in, if you're in North Carolina and you're an affiliate marketer, and, and, and that's if you are a, a, an agency, an OPM, or if you're an affiliate, um, uh, we are still looking for, as Matt said, we're lo- he's looking for um, personal stories. And what, what we've learned in other states is that is what makes a difference. It's the legis- To be honest with you, we've tried so many different kinds of messages. You know, it's so <laughs> obvious to those of us in the business that we're not selling, and this law assumes that we're selling on behalf of these merchants, which is totally untrue. Right. We are just advertising. And, um, and yet... That what, we're, what we've learned is that the legislators don't really care about that message. That's, that's a little more detail. What they care about is the fact that small businesses are getting devastated. And um, so the more we understand about that, the better uh, we, chance we have. Um, we sent out a, a, a blast through all of the networks, um, started last night, um, asking people to forward us um, their personal stories. Um, we have a template, and it's going to be also be posted on the the, the PMA website, so um, people can submit it that way. And then we'll um, we'll help format them and print them out and give them to Matt, and um, you know, head on their way to Raleigh and hand them out. So let me give you the the PMA website. It's uh, performancemarketingalliance.com. Or you should have gotten an email or will get an email from your network. Yeah, and one of the other things we're doing in North Carolina to kind of um, piggyback on that, um, that's definitely the approach that we're taking with the direct legislators. But we're also trying to bring the information directly to Governor Perdue. Um, What we found to be the main problem is a complete lack of understanding uh, from the legislators in terms of what exactly this law is going to do. 
there was a news uh, article from News 14 Carolina uh, where they came to the office and interviewed me, and then they spoke with Bev Perdue um, a little bit later, and she actually was quoted in the article as saying, I'll be very surprised if any of the major click-through retailers refuse to sell to our state, which is the seventh largest in America. And, you know, she's right. Uh, Amazon and other uh, online companies aren't going to cease selling to North Carolina residents. They're just not going to work with North Carolina affiliates anymore, which is what equates to the job losses. And that's the message we're really trying to get across to people is that um, your thinking is right, but it's very flawed uh, in terms of implementation. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because one thing we're finding at Partner-Centric is there are also a lot of people in the industry who don't really understand the full ramifications of what this could do. They know that it might be coming. They know that they need to be concerned about it, but they don't have a clear understanding of what it would mean. Let's spend a few minutes talking about specifically what it would do if passed. Well, what we know is... uh uh, in other states, what has happened, and New York is the is the the first one that happened, took everybody by surprise, um, and uh, we know that um, <clears throat> a number of merchants chose to terminate their affiliate programs versus having to charge sales tax to their consumers, and uh, we know that actually Amazon did not terminate, and it is fighting that in the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court. Um, but we understand that, um, you know, as, as Matt mentioned, they, they preemptively uh, terminated their program in North Carolina as well as other states. And that, in, you know, other companies include Overstock, Blue Nile, uh, Musician's Friend, Textbooks.com. And, and I think it's, you know, and, and obviously this, is, this becomes very challenging for affiliates that promote those products. Those are very large affiliate, uh, merchants, excuse me. And, um, and so, you know, I think it's a really tough challenge for us to ask these merchants not to, to terminate because for them to have to incur the cost of collecting sales tax is, is pretty significant. And th- they have some good arguments that this is not constitutional. This is really a, a flawed law. Um, so it, you know, it is one of those really challenging things, and and um, you know, looking to work with merchants who already have, who are already collecting sales tax in North Carolina, you know, that's another challenging thing because how do you know? <laughs> but um, right. I think it's something that um, you know, communication and reaching out to your own personal merchants to ask them what they're going to do is is really important so that you can plan your business. Mm-hmm. And uh, at MGCom, all of our clients, we've advised them to not take any knee-jerk reactions, not to terminate affiliates yet, to wait and see Absolutely. what laws actually do go into effect. And then from there, uh, we'll, we want if the, if the laws do pass, we want to go in and see if there are any loopholes available that would allow us to not terminate affiliates. Because the absolute worst thing in our mind is to be forced to terminate affiliates who are working with merchant programs. I agree, Matt. That's exactly the same stance we're taking at partner-centric. But as I was telling Rebecca earlier, you do kind of walk a fine line because legally you don't know. You can't. There's a fine line as to how much you should advise someone at this point. So, Rebecca, talk a little bit about what we can tell people, what, what they should be thinking about at this point. I would, I, if you're talking about merchants, um, because I yes. know you guys deal with a lot of merchants. Um, you know, I agree with, with, with you and Matt that um, 
a wait-and-see attitude is pretty good. Um, we do have a little bit of time in North Carolina, um, but they do need to pay attention to that uh, calendar because uh, that, if, you know, that law could go into effect immediately upon approval, and so they have to be really uh, ready to go with whatever decision that they're going to make. They should probably understand what that decision is if the law is going to pass. Um, unfortunately, the merchants are going to have to act quickly. Um, the, uh, you know, like I said, the affiliates really need to be communicating with their, with their merchants. If they live, if you're a North Carolina affiliate, you really need to be talking to your merchants to understand what their, their position is going to be because um, it could happen very, very quickly. What we, we know in, um, in, in Hawaii and Rhode Island um, that as soon as the law is passed, it goes into effect immediately. So, it, you know, July 1st, uh, merchants were required to start collecting uh, tax. That, actually, Hawaii, since it hasn't passed yet, that wouldn't be the case. But in Rhode Island, that was the case. As soon as it passed, they were held accountable for collecting um, sales tax. California was different in that they would give uh, merchants 90 days after the law was enacted. So that's, you know, that was some concern that overstock was, didn't really need to be so preemptive, but they did anyway. Um, obviously, we don't have to worry about that right now. But, you know, North Carolina could take effect immediately. So um, it's just something that we have to, we have to pay attention to. And mer- merchants have to really follow. Great. Uh, we need to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we will begin a, resume our conversation about the affiliate tax that's now being considered in several states. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. More Affiliate Marketing Insider when we return. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. XY7 Affiliate Market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, as, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up as a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. Eight RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. 
Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Insider. We're back with Rebecca Madigan, founder of the Performance Marketing Alliance, and Matt Enders, CEO of MGEcom. We're talking today about affiliate taxation law and some of the remarkable changes that have happened in the last few days. Um, we, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the passage of the law in Rhode Island and what specifically that means. We, I know we've had a lot of calls at Partner Centric in the last few days from merchants wondering what they need to do now that this has been passed in Rhode Island. Rebecca, what would you like to say about that? Well, I, I hate to give this, this kind of pat answer, but I think it's the only thing we can do, and that is these merchants need to speak to their own tax professionals and their own, you know, they have, that's a very difficult decision that they're going to have to make on their own if they believe that, that collecting, charging consumer sales tax in Rhode Island and, and collecting it, um, that's a costly uh, undertaking for them, and they have to really weigh whether or not um, this marketing channel is is uh, you know if they can if that cost can be absorbed by the marketing channel earnings, um, and that is that is a you know a, a different for every company. Um, so it's a it is a it's a very difficult decision to make, but it's a financial decision and a resource decision. So um, you know the merchants, it's really up to them whether or not they can shoulder it. Right. There is no, there's no, you know, really easy answer, and I wish I could say don't do it, but that's we can't. They have to really make that decision on their own. <laughs> and as we were discussing earlier in the conversation, we have seen um, certain advertisers such as Overstock kind of preemptively act and say that they won't work with affiliates in certain states even before the laws were passed. Are we starting to see any rollback on that? Has anybody said they weren't going to do that and now because of what's happened are they reconsidering? Well, I know that, um, you know, Overstock themselves reconsidered very publicly in California. (laughs) (laughs) But we haven't, I haven't had any uh, word on on the other companies that announced, you know, like Blue Nile and Musician's Friend. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Matt, have you heard anything from any other merchants about you know, what they're doing in the different states? Uh, other than the fact that uh, a lot of them have terminated and have kind of left the door open saying if the laws don't pass or get repealed, we'd love to work with you again. Uh, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the language I've been hearing from most of the merchants that have, ter- that have terminated early right now. Yes, I mean, it's pretty easy for them to reinstate a program, right? They just have to, you know... Is get it get it back rolling through their networks and uh, you know reinstate the agreements, um, but it would be much more difficult for them to uh, not cancel if if something happened. So well, that's actually an interesting point that you bring up there with the talking about the ease involved in uh, a merchant uh, allowing, let's say, North Carolina affiliates back into their program. Um, physically, yes, I mean they can probably reinstate affiliates as easily as they remove them with just just a few mouse clicks. I would assume. Um, but the harder part there is the relationships. Uh, affiliate marketing, right. it's no secret that there's 
tens of thousands of programs out there that any affiliate can work with. And if you burn bridges with your affiliates by removing them preemptively and then all of a sudden extending the olive branch later saying, welcome back, we want to work with you again, uh, some affiliates might, I would assume a lot of affiliates would jump right back on board because they would already have links up. But other affiliates are going to say, you know what, you didn't have my best interest in mind the entire process, uh, so I'm going to work with a competitor of yours now, which, you know, it, it makes for an interesting play because, of course, merchants can reinstate, but then what happens to the affiliates? Will they actually want to work with that same program again is a valid question, I would think. Well, that's a great point, Matt, and I, I absolutely agree because when you're an affiliate, you want that communication to be there at all times, and you certainly don't want to be dropped without even the courtesy of a, of a, of a talk where you could try to, to work something out. So I think when someone does something like this preemptively, I think there is harm done, and I think it does take some time and some massaging to try to get everyone back on board. You know, and you, that is a great, you know, th- that happened in New York. Uh, um, we, I, I've understood that there are a lot of, of uh, merchants who just, you know, just dropped their programs, but didn't did, certainly didn't attribute it to the laws in New York, and didn't mention anything. And that is just a shame. You know, the I think officially um, there were ninety some merchants that said that they they had to terminate because of the law. But but <clears throat> anecdotally, you know, people were experiencing about two hundred affiliates. I'm sorry, merchants that actually terminated, and that's really just you know unconscionable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always said affiliate marketing is a relationship industry, and you know, being in it for the better part of eight years now, I can say that most of that time has been spent developing and maintaining relationships. And if you sever them uh, because of a law or not, without communication, um, good luck reinstating them. Yeah. Actually, everything is down to, to communication, say. isn't it? Even not only these negative things, but but realizing positive opportunities as partners. And it really is about, you know, keeping the communication lines open. But that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I think the industry is doing a pretty good job on a state level. Is there any concern that at some point this may become a federal matter? No, I don't think this is a federal matter yet, and that's because, um, it, and that's the that's kind of the crux of the problem is that the Constitution states that you know, uh, and I'm not a constitutional expert, so if you ask any more questions, you know, I may run out of information. <laughs> but um, um, that you know, states cannot um, tax for interstate commerce, and um, and and so that's the the problem of, with this. Um, the, there are some alternatives that are being considered. There's this thing called the Streamlined Sales Tax Program, which would set a single sales tax and would allow this sort of interstate taxing. Um, <clears throat> there are 21 states that are part of the Streamlined um, Sales Tax Initiative. However, getting you know even those 21, much less 50 states, to agree on what's the right sales tax to charge is a nightmare, <laughs> and it, and people expect that's a ten-year effort to get that sorted out. I mean, just in in you know doing our research here, I mean, you see sales tax anywhere from five percent to ten percent. So that 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 
agreement. And then there's, you know, local city taxes that are sales taxes that are charged often. So it's, um, that's quite an undertaking. But what I don't, I don't see this becoming a federal issue. I, actually, if it would, it would help, but it, it, that isn't, isn't going to happen per se. But I do expect the states that have, um, have, uh, failed to pass this law, we'll reconsider it again next year because it's just so tempting. It sounds like, oh, Amazon should be paying us taxes. Why aren't we collecting taxes from Amazon? So you have new right. people who who don't quite understand the issue reintroduce it. That's what happened in New York. They introduced that bill every year for something like three or four years until it passed. So it's uh, we expect it to come back next year. Yeah, I'm sure it'll reappear multiple, multiple times. And, Rebecca, I completely agree with you there that, uh, first of all, the Streamlined Sales Tax Project is a great initiative. North Carolina is actually a supporter of that and is one of the 21 states you mentioned. Um, I would, I personally would love to see it implemented because it would uh, remove all of these headaches, and I would love to see it go to a federal level. Um, you know, the Internet itself is still a pretty young medium, in terms, of, especially in terms of e-commerce, and consumers as a whole have been enjoying tax-free shopping in many instances as a nice perk. Um, I don't think it comes as any a surprise to anybody that at some point that was going to end, of course. Um, but now the real issue is that you know it's going state by state, piece by piece, instead of as a uh, consolidated effort that's going to benefit everyone involved. Uh, right now with going North Carolina and then Rhode Island and New York first, obviously, uh, it just it hurts business in the individual states as opposed to allowing them to continue to grow and flourish. Yeah, and, and you know, affiliates are being singled out and targeted, which is just unfair, too, because, um, you know, aside from misrepresenting what performance marketing is, um, they're only targeting Internet sales, and, and we all know that, you know, it's not just online uh, advertising that does performance marketing either. I mean, a lot of those infomercials you see on TV are all performance-based, and the TV station gets compensated for every ShamWow that's sold <laughs> for that whatever mm-hmm. spot runs on there at 2 a.m. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're not, they're not included in this. So that's, I think it's that level playing field. If, if all advertising was somehow taxed, which is, again, don't even, let's not even talk about how unfair that is, but if it was all types of advertising that were included, then it would, then it would be fair to everybody. It would level the playing field. But unfortunately, as we know, that's not the case. Yeah, you're right on the money there saying affiliates have been unfairly singled out. I mean, what if, uh, you know, what about a company based in Montana that uses a pay-per-click marketing company in Ohio? Do those yeah. sales need to be taxed now, too? I mean, yeah. it's, it's very hard to, to draw a line in the sand when you're talking about a virtual world. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that's helped the industry with this fight more than anything else is all the time that certainly Matt and Rebecca have spent educating not just the legislators who would be considering this, but also the affiliates and the merchants. Um, Because you have been the people in the room and you have been tracking this all along, are there takeaways or lessons that you would share with people in the industry, things that, that this has taught you, or any cautionary tales for affiliate marketers out there based on what you've learned? Well, I, I, what I've learned is that the affiliate community is pretty mighty, and they speak up, and, we, and that's what we need to keep doing. Um, 
it is really um, a, a, actually a fascinating process to get involved in dealing with your state legislature. Le- <clears throat> excuse me, legislature. It is not uh, my experience. I don't know, Matt. Maybe you can you can share your experience too. But my experience in Sacramento, I was because I'm a Californian. I went to the Sacramento um, legislature here in California, and. It was. I was really nervous because, I, you know, it's the state capital. I was amazed at how uh, welcoming and open the, the the legislators were because essentially they taught me that they work for me. You know, I, I'm one of their constituents, and they're there to make sure that they take care of the citizens of the of the state. And I was I was amazed at how unintimidating it is. The it, it actually looked like an old you know, college uh, classroom uh, setting. It was just these long halls and linoleum floors and, and very unassuming and, and very welcoming. We had everybody that we met with was very warm and open. Um, so I, I was surprised at how approachable everybody is. And so that encouraged me a lot to be able to say to other, other folks, you really need to get out there. It's not scary. It's really fascinating. But, there, but your voice needs to be heard. Yeah, uh, my my thoughts on it for the industry is that you know there's really nothing bigger that's happened in affiliate marketing than this these tax laws. So if you're involved in the affiliate industry in any way, shape, or form, you really have an obligation to get involved in this fight to ensure that the industry survives. Um, and talking about meeting with the represent- representatives like you were, um, my best advice would be just make sure that you know your facts and know what you're talking about and share personal stories. Um, every legislator we talked to was certainly open to speaking with us. Uh, some of them were much more into debating back and forth with us, uh, their viewpoint versus ours, which is perfectly fine and to be expected. But like I said, plan, make sure that you know what you're going to say and have a, a detailed approach laid out so that you're able to address their concerns in a way that makes sense to them. And, and you know, we've tried to make it easy for everybody, too. I know it takes a lot of time, and, and so some of the things that have really worked is, is um, the mass, what I'll call the mass market approach, where we try to have emails and letters sent. Um, that kind of warms people up to understand, kind of educate them on the issue. And then, um, you know, Matt, like you said, when, when <clears throat> you walk in the door, they they already kind of hopefully they know a little bit about what the issue is and and engaging in a dialogue and a debate is a great is a great outcome that means they care mm-hmm. absolutely well Rebecca and Matt I want to thank you for everything you're doing on this issue for the industry and I want to remind all of our listeners that you should get involved and you can and the best place to start is performancemarketingalliance.com they have lots of resources on the site, not only to keep you informed, but also to get you involved. That's all the time we have for this edition of Affiliate Marketing Insider. I'd like to thank our guests, Rebecca and Matt. I'm sure we'll have many more conversations on this issue as we move forward. I'm your host, Wade Sisson, and I hope you'll join us next week for another edition of Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider.